chapter we're getting ready to bail off into. Uh, pretty much a famous section of scripture, the whole chapter actually. It's, uh, it's actually one of great comfort. I mean, it says much and uh, gives us so much assurance. But it has inserted in, in the comfort some qualifiers. And we're going to pick up those tonight. We're going to look at them as well as the rest of it. When I say qualifiers, I'm talking about there are things that must be attached to our spirituality or even if we're going to have spirituality. And we're going to see that mental further explain that here in a minute. Uh, here in this eighth chapter of Romans. Romans in totality is a book. It just it has enormous messages. Just the, uh, the the message of the gospel, the message of Christ. But it goes beyond that. Uh, not lightening the message of Christ. I mean, that's the greatest message the world's ever received. Uh, but there's additional addresses here in Romans that goes on past one's experience with the Lord, even citing even if they have had an experience with the Lord, and I'm talking about salvation. Either you have or you haven't. And qualifiers, there's some uh, basically questions inserted. Let's go here. Let's just start with verse number one. Uh, we're going to go down a little ways, but let's just get a good platform laid here. And again, <clears throat> I'm going to be using y'all a lot tonight. I'm asking you. We're going to pause. We're going to stop at a lot of the commas. We're going to be sure. And like I say so much of the time, I need to be sure that people are understanding what's being said. Uh, it's of the utmost importance to understand Scripture. And I know some of it gets a, a little bit tricky, but all in all, uh, we need to do the best we can to understand what's being said. Uh, this is a very, very com uh, uh, common Scripture that's quoted a lot. You've heard it a lot. It says a lot. But some people take it and run with it and make it mean things it doesn't say. And we're going to look at that. It says, There is there, therefore now no condemnation to, the, to them which are in Christ Jesus. And that's where many stop right there. That, that's their scripture. But the scripture is not complete. Amen. Come on. But let's look at that first part. There is therefore now. Now he's speaking what he's speaking of, the previous writing that he's penned here, the message of Christ, because Jesus has come. Because God has sent his son to be the salvation for the world. Amen. Therefore. Now being because of Christ. The time. Not, not just a moment or an hour or a second, but now. The time now. Jesus is here. Uh, there is therefore now no condemnation. What is condemnation? Well, first of all, it's what we deserved in the first place, to be uh -huh. condemned. Come on. And like I said, we're going to break these down. We're going to look at them as we go along. Uh, condemnation basically is the pronouncement of judgment with an attached punishment. And we know what that is, don't we? We should. What is it? It's what we deserve. Now, you know, I don't know if we need to go say any more because that's, that's pretty stout right there. there, mm -hmm. there we don't have to deal with that now. If. If. Now, we've been all over this at certain times, and I'm really bewildered. I, um, sometimes I, I get upset at the way some people teach things that you listen to and make people believe things. And... They're way off, and, and I'm, again, I'm not trying to be critical, but when you hear something that's error of the word, you need to identify that's error. Uh, there's one way to heaven, and that's Jesus Christ. Amen. There's another way, staying connected with Jesus Christ, living a life in Christ, living a life for the Lord. We talked about the other day, drawing near him. This all brings us further advanced, and I'm using some terms I've used before. Uh, Continuing, says to them which are in Christ Jesus. That has a particular meaning. Matter of fact, which are in Christ Jesus, if you look it up, is all one word, one term. 
not broken down into the several words. That's significant because it, it bears great significance scripturally and spiritually. What, what's it saying? Which are in Christ Jesus. This is what it means. Instrumentally fixed in position. What in the world does that mean? It's instrumental that should be fixed in position in Christ Jesus. That's one of the qualifiers. Not just talk about Him, not just know about Him, but to be fixed in position in Christ. Somebody touch on that. What do you think that means? Fixed in position. Standing firm. Firm. Rooted, good. For real, modern day terminology. For real, yeah, yeah. And you know, we could run with that one alone. Uh, there's so much unreal, or so much yeah. false, especially. Lord help, God, I, I hate to talk about this. In the realm of religion, even in the realm of the Christian church, folks, there's a, there's falsehood that's, that's originating, and it's leading people astray. That that that's why we're given the word to to do our best to line up with the word. First of all, we, we can't line up with it if we don't understand what it means, or if we don't want to take the time to understand it. And then understand it, what do we do next? Brush it off. What's that word? We apply it. Right? Apply scripture to us. We get to understand we need to apply that understanding for what reason? Your relationship, right? Okay. Continuing that scripture, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. This is what's referred to as a diametric comparison. You've got negative compared to positive. And you see it right here. I'll read it again. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Amen. You got flesh, you got spirit. Right? Amen. Now we're mature Christians. Should be. Let's talk about that. What's the flesh consist of? Fleshly ways. What are they? Yep. The flesh incorporates a vast, enormous containment of so many things. You know, we like to think of the big sins, the bad ones, immorality, and, you know, anything contrary to God we could consider immoral, really. But, you know, the big bad ones, Sometimes that, that's the only thing that we can see. Uh, when you talk about the flesh, it's talking about every tendency that you have that causes one from their own actions. James laid it out. We know that. Every man's tempted when he's led away of his own lust and enticed. Right? When lust is conceived, what happens? Brings forth sin. When sin ends in what? Death. You can lay that right in here. Flesh Walking in the flesh, we know. We must know. We have to know. Walking in the flesh and doing things of the flesh is something that we need to do our best to get away from. And we can only get away from the walking in the flesh by walking in the Spirit. Amen. Come on. That's the latter part of this verse that many leave out. It's good. Okay, you're no longer condemned. You're good to go, fine and great, but we need to know the rest of it too. You notice there, it's talking about after the Spirit. It's capital S. It's Holy Spirit. Spirit of Christ, Holy Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. This is Paul's writing. He's previously been trying to emphasize uh, the life in Christ, the forgiveness of sins by salvation brought by Christ. That's been his letter to the Romans all the way up to this point. He continues thereafter. He's trying to influence people and make them aware of the of the. Uh, gospel and the knowledge that Christ came for the sinful 
and the, the sinner and the ungodly and that there is a way, there is a means by Christ only where one can receive salvation. So, verse 3 says, For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Reference that in the book of 1 John, chapter 5, verses 6 through 13. If you want to look at it, you might want to mark that. It's talking about Christ. John lays it out well. Jesus came for the purpose. Remind you, this is get involved tonight. that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. He says it again. Let's read it again. That the righteousness, that actually means righteous requirement. Does anybody here believe there are requirements to salvation? Yes. Amen. There absolutely is. Now it's being taught that there's not. Just, just say the words, Walk up to somebody and you're good and you're good the rest of your life and you never have to do anything else. God's Word, again, is full of requirements. It's full of qualifiers. It's for the reason being, if we will take them again and understand them and apply them, it enables us to go the path we need to go. We call it walking. Notice what he said there. He used that term. has a specific meaning. I think we've many times discussed and various scriptures have different meanings as to this term, walk. But here specifically what, what this is talking about is uh, it's a uh, entire all around activities of an individual's life whether unregenerate or believers. What's unregenerate? How are we born again? How, what, what, what makes us what we are in Christ? Somebody go to Titus 3, 5 and read it for me. Got it? Titus, right after Second Timothy. Three five. He's got it. By, by the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he has he saved us. By the washing of the regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. It says regeneration, regenerate. When we when we receive Christ genuinely, there is a washing of what we used to be, or at least there should be a washing of what we used to be, which is what? The old what? Flesh works of the flesh, the old man, the old self. The Bible repeats different ways over and over again. The old man is gone, right? Got a new man going on. Uh, but we have to be energized as Titus recorded there by the Holy Spirit there afterwards. The Holy Spirit is, is, is who, who gives us the enablement to walk in the Spirit that we not get wound up again or bogged down in this fleshly nature be whatever it is, and some, sometimes we're, we're, we're really not careful enough, we kind of get involved in what we might refer to as small things, or things that might not be so noticeable if we were to do them. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, but I believe scripturally, biblically, uh, if we really took a 
the time and a good hard look at the whole box of sin and everything identified with it, it probably startled us. Because again, we like to focus on those big things that other people are doing. Those other folks that are doing all the bad, you know. The church is called to, to regenerate through the washing of the blood of Christ, the washing of the water by the word. John says that over where I referred to you earlier. And then to be actually a walking part in the Spirit, walking alongside the Holy Spirit. He walking alongside us. That's what brings us into this thing called sanctification. We're, we're supposed to be sanctified, right? Amen. Which means set apart. It also means cleansed. Mm -hmm. It's a spiritual cleansing. And the more we allow ourselves to learn and to walk in the Spirit, not in these fleshly things, the more we walk in the Spirit, the more knowledgeable we become and the more, I believe, enabled and, and spiritually powerful we become. And, and that's the course of conversation here that Paul's trying to make. This is enormous. Anybody got a comment? I'll stop here and question your comments, anything. What are some of those fleshly tendencies that we might seem to leave, want to leave out? Now, it didn't rain that much. It didn't wash your <laughs> brain away, did it? <laughs> Come on. Get involved here. What's the little critters? Lying, conniving, cheating. Anger. Deception. Good. Okay. See, this is just a few of the many, right? Amen. That's why we need this Holy Spirit part. You know, there's no condemnation because of the past things done, okay? At least scripturally here. He's talking about what you were, what you did before. You're not condemned for that. Thank God because Christ took care of that on the cross. He bore it for us. I urge you to go read there in 1 John what I'll give you while I go later. It's a little lengthy, so I don't want to get into it tonight, or here at least. Um, this also brings about when we, when we walk in the spiritual nature, we begin to identify with the things that try to draw us back into the fleshly nature. We, we quickly identify with those things. It'll spark a thought. Wait a minute. That's not good. That's bad. But if we leave this part out, this walking in the Spirit, after no condemnation being rendered or the verdict of guilt and then the punishment that we so justly deserve taking place. And I don't know, sometimes I think we, we don't thank God enough for that alone. I mean, we keep that cross up here in the church. That's been here for years. Just somebody try to visualize and at least get some kind of glimpse of what took place for us. And that don't even hold a candle to what Christ went through. Uh, but at least it's a symbol. And the more grateful we are for that, and I believe the more knowledgeable and understanding to, to a great spiritual degree, the better off we're going to be, and that's what takes us to spiritual places. And that's, where, that's where Paul tried to get all of his followers to go to greater spiritual depths. He knew there was salvation. He'd received it himself. Received the Holy Spirit soon after. And then he wanted, he, I mean, we've said it before, Paul was responsible for writing about three-fourths of the New Testament. Planting churches, going here and there, evangelizing, telling people about Christ. Uh, he demonstrated. At one point he said, I didn't come here as a great orator. He admitted I'm not that great of a speaker. He said, I come here in the power of the Holy Ghost to demonstrate a life in Christ. And that's what the Christian and the Christian church is supposed to demonstrate. As much as possible. Because two things, it shows others that there is truth in Christ and this spirit is also, it's labeled, identified as the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Jesus is the truth. We've said that before recently here. 
We say things here to emphasize it, to, to, to keep banging it, to keep bringing it forth, that people get and understand that there is a place we can go in Christ, in this spiritual realm, this this Holy Spirit, and walk in this, that we not tend to do the lust of the flesh and walk in things and get involved in things that are contrary to the Word of God and that lead us, of course, away. <clears throat> Any thought? Pastor, I think that's why I like... Uh picking up your cross every day because I, I learned as, especially as a, be, a beginning Christian when I rededicated my life that the little things is what would set me back when nobody was around if you give in to the little things eventually the big things perfect so I have to even now I have to try to every day that's why I, I love that you know every day you gotta pick your cross up because every day the, the flesh is it's something little mm-hmm. that sets And how many times over in a day? Yeah, many, many, yes. You know, that, that takes us back. I mean, we don't like this word. We don't like to admit that we got it. But James wouldn't have wrote it. The Holy Spirit hadn't told him to write it. Every man, every woman, led away of what? Their own lust. And enticed. There's, again, there's so many variable things that are constantly trying to beset our spirituality and and cause us to be hindered in our relationship with the Lord. And it's all to do with this thing we live in. And that's what Paul, he don't only emphasize this here, he says this over and over and over in different letters to different churches, saying it in different ways, but saying basically the same thing. You have to live and walk in the Spirit if you're going to effectively battle this instrument called the flesh. If you don't, if, if you if you don't, it's gonna be rough. Yeah. I'm gonna say impossible. Yeah, um, that's why he stresses it here. That's why the word stresses it over and over again, as I've said. Anybody else? Good point. Kenny. I don't like when he plants. You know, the Absolutely, absolutely. Um, are you saying we need to pull some weeds along the way? Amen. They'll crop up before you know it, won't they? Amen. Them little sprouters will be sticking up. I mean, boy, turn around. Oh, it's out. It's. It takes the Holy Spirit, folks, to guard us and keep us where we need to be spiritually. That's why this is here. Uh, salvation is great, uh, but left alone at just that, and I, I'm not lightening it at all. Left alone, and that's where you leave it, and you never apply anything other than that. You're going to wander off path before long at all. But the Spirit has to be part of your life. The Holy Spirit's got to be part of your life. Spirit of Christ, it, you know, it's referred to by different theologians different ways here. But it's just the empowerment that God sent to accompany salvation. His Spirit. How awesome is that? That he would even instill us with his spirit. Which endues us with power, right? And most of the time that power, if we look at it right, is to battle this flesh. It might not be to battle the, the bad thing out there, but to battle this bad thing. The Holy Spirit does great work in us. This is the instrumentality I spoke of. This is instrumental. It's absolute. It's necessary that we not only read this and look at it and listen to the preacher teach and preach about it, but we take it to heart and we apply it because it takes us places. And I've said that more lately, I believe taking us places it, because it is. And we need to be going places in Christ, right? Amen. We need to be going places. If you're walking, what are you doing? You're going somewhere. If you're walking spiritually, you're advancing, you're growing, you're building yourself up in your most holy faith, right? Amen. Because as you do this, it becomes an involvement. <coughs> A desire, okay? A desire to further go. A desire to apply this this spiritual empowerment into our lives and, and the more we do so, then the greater it becomes. That's the nature of the gospel uh, being applied. 
Anybody else before we move on? Okay. Verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Is that a differentiation there? Is that another diametric comparison, so to speak? Both ends of the spectrum? Why is that said? That's simple. You said should have a simple I'm gonna let y'all answer. Why does that say that? You're either hot or cold, you're either one way or the other. You're either for the flesh or for your spirit or for the spirit. Okay. Anybody catch the word mind there? If you're minding something, where does it start at? There you go. What's, what's the plan with this thing up here? Remember what James said. That's the very thing that's going to shoot at you. We need to talk about this in a little bit. Where else does it say... Uh, had a term it here. We could we could uh, relate that to uh, scripture. Uh, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Because where does the Spirit, Holy Spirit take us? Where does the Holy Spirit, if we allow Him to, where does He take our mind? Not worldly things, right? Because worldly things are related to carnal things, which are related to what? fleshly things they all run together in the same herd they're not part of the spirit carnality immorality worldliness that's not part of the spirit they have nothing to do with the spirit and the spirit will have nothing to do with them that's again the the need to leave and abandon that and I, folks I'm not saying sometimes it's not easy to, I mean you get it really isn't but we're called to do this anyway. Now, they that flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit do mind the things of the Spirit. Now, it doesn't say that, but that's what it's talking about. What we involve ourselves in is what winds up in our mind, whatever it be. Our opinions about things affect this. I can tell myself, I'm fine and great doing what I want to do. It's a little outside of Scripture. and You know, I really like this, so I'm going to do it anyway. That don't line up with the Word, and it don't line up with the Spirit. So where's it lining up with? The flesh. And that's what gets us in trouble. That's what weakens our relationship with the Lord. The more we apply the Spirit, the more we walk in the Spirit, the more we live in the Spirit, the more we think in the Spirit, the more we allow the Holy Spirit to have our mind, which the Bible says we have the mind of Christ if we believe and trust in Him, right? Amen. So that's saying a lot. He, he offers that. Now it doesn't say, okay, all of a sudden you got the mind of Christ, go with it. No, we have the opportunity to have the mind of Christ. And it's by being obedient and adhering to what the Scriptures say. The more we do this, the better we become first for God, then for ourselves, then for other people. And we've been all over that before. Examples, right? We've taught that in the series, the whole example thing, the whole spiritual character thing, right? Spiritual character. Uh, we went over that and, and I've got a lot of comments. Uh, quite a few people come, just different things that hit home. Thank, thank God. Thank God. Change their lives. Change their, their knowledge and understanding of Christian life and living and spiritual things. The more word we receive, the more enabled we become in the Holy Spirit. They connect. The word connects with the Spirit. Why? Because the word is who? Jesus. He's the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. That's Jesus. I think that's, that's why you have grumpy 
I used to tell my mom all the time. I think that's why people get grumpy when, once you get saved and born again. Once you know wrong is wrong, then you're kind of unhappy trying to live. If you even if you backslide, you try to live. You still know. You still have. You've been born again, so you know wrong from right. So I think when you're doing wrong, you, you feel bad about doing wrong because you know you know it's one of those back and forth kind of deals. Yeah. That, that I used to go through. Used to, it didn't bother me to hang out and do the cussing and but, but yeah. once you've, yeah, you, once you're you born again, the then you, about it, did you? yeah, then you're, yeah, once you know, then yeah. it's. And really, I guess, I mean, nobody did. Because what were we operating in? What were we walking in? Walking in the flesh, right? I mean, what a great thing that even make this possible that we could come out of what we were before and into a brand new life that's basically in Christ. A whole spiritual experience, therefore calling us, I believe, to do the best we can for the Lord by walking in the Spirit, not the flesh. An appreciation, if you will. Thank you, God, that I don't have to experience hell, fire, and torment for eternity, for one thing. You loved me when I wasn't even deserving your love. God saw a sinful world. He could have wiped it and said, I'm done with it. Just blow it to pieces, including us. But he didn't do that. He sent his only son. We need to keep... Well, I know that. I know Jesus came to save the world. Do you really know Jesus came to save the world? I'm talking about knowing it, that you know it, that you know it. This applies the same way. We need to know what, what's expected of us, what, what's required of us. Back to that... Scripture often used, Tanner, to whom much is given, much is required. That's a great scripture. I love it. Okay, anybody else got a comment here? All right. Okay, six. For to be carnally minded is death. Carnally is fleshly. If that's our mind, he says it plain, that's death. Not only this death, but eternal death. If one does not accept Christ, right? Okay. What happened to you when you accepted the Lord? Did you think and change? Yeah. Really? Talk about it. Hey, different experiences, right? What, what about it? What happened to you? That's where many people are at, and I don't know the difference. It has to happen in somebody's life. Things have to change, or it was just an emotional moment. Mm -hmm. It wasn't true salvation. Very confusing this day and time because, again, people are made to believe, I've said this before, an emotional experience is rated as salvation. And I'm not saying that it don't get emotional at salvation because it does and it can. But if it's just emotional, it don't qualify here. Okay? That's why we need to know. Are we walking in the Spirit or are we not? Very good. Somebody else? What happened? What happened to your mind? Mine was music. Of course, we talked about that. My whole mindset changed on, on music. Well, even after that night, after I rededicated my life, the next day is when I started struggling. When I was trying to listen... At first, I was listening to my the, the my new Christian music. Then, they, my flesh wanted to put in the the other, yep. but I couldn't do it. So when I came home, I told Jen, I said, "I've, I've got to, I just got to get rid of it. I just can't have it around." So I, I bagged them all up. My brother was like, "No, just give them me." I'm like, "Nope, you can go get them out of the trash if you want." <laughs> if you keep temptation in its tidy little nest, yes. I'll guarantee it will come back and haunt you. That's a good point. Some things you've got to get rid of. Some people you've got to get away from. I'm sorry, folks, that's the way it is. You can't run with people that are doing things and expect it not to affect you because usually, we've said this before, it's going to go the opposite direction of what even you thought it might. Uh, you know, be conscious and aware and loving of them and pray for their souls, but sometimes you've got to get distance between you and other people that try to draw you back into the fleshly, carnal nature. Amen? What you got, Rick? Huh? Go ahead. I'm just agreeing with you. That's, uh, <laughs> brother, that was uh, probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. But I realized every time these things were brought up in my mind, it, it was God doing it. But he done it in a loving way. 
He would ask me questions sometimes. Rich, do you really, really want to do that? This is what got you started in the first place. Well, I'm telling you, I just, it took me a long time to realize who that was talking to me because something's talked to me all my life. I just couldn't recognize what was going on. That's him. I ran from it like a scalded dog. I kept a six pack of beer in my refrigerator for a year after I quit. Uh, and one day I opened that refrigerator and it's so easy, it's just so easy to, mm-hmm. and God said, you know what? <laughs> you don't need that no more. Right. And I was so glad, so glad that I didn't need that no more. Praise God, deliver me. I'll pick on Dode back here. This is just observation. Uh, when Dode showed up, he showed up. And by that I mean here every time he has the opportunity and learning, writing, recording. Uh, and I'm not just picking him out like there's nobody else in here that counts at all because it's just, that's another part. When you, when you receive the Lord and you start this spiritual walk, then you want more of the spiritual walk. All right? Should. You want more of it. That should be the desire. Uh, you know, there's, there's scripture says, uh, delight thyself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Delighting yourself in the Lord is loving Jesus, loving him, giving him yourself, giving him your life. And look what the scripture says. He'll give you the desires of your heart, Amen. which should be desires of him more. Then it's just a compounding, multiplying, exponential uh, spiritual factor. That, that's the way it works. Plus, really? a, plus a renewing of your mind. You think different. Renew. You do different. Romans 12, yeah. Uh, and then, I'm glad you said that because literally that, uh, here in the first verse we read, uh, it's basically speaking of a renewing regeneration. Uh, we're made something we weren't before, much different than what was before, and uh, renewed. Good. Okay. Uh, yes, drug addict. He got saved and he was cleaning up, but yet all the old drug paraphernalia, needles and all that stuff, he still had. He hung on to that stuff. And he said he had preached a revival or something and God told him you need to go clean out your house and get rid of this stuff. And so he was praying and carrying the Bible and he had the he had all of his old drug needles in one hand and the Bible in the other hand. And he couldn't open the trash can. So he said he tried to put them together. And he said he wasn't strong enough to put the needles on top of the Bible. And he said, God, what's going on? And he said, good and evil won't mix. And he had to set the stuff down on the ground and open the trash can and throw the needles in the trash can. But God revealed to him at that point in his life, good and evil will not mix. You can't live this and that. Very good. And that, that's it. That's bottom line. The flesh bottom and the, line. And, yeah. you know, just don't mix. I, I was involved in the same experience with a guy. Uh, <coughs> drugs, one hand, Bible under his shoulder with his arm, and literally, there were a battle between the two to try to like so much. Somebody had a hold of the Bible, trying to jerk it out from under his arm, and then the other hand, he could, said he couldn't release it. He couldn't even open his hand to turn loose of that what was in it. And there was like three or four hours of prayer involved, and finally there was a deliverance, and it just like it flew, flew out of his hand. Just uh, yeah, that's. Holy Spirit's powerful. I mean, he, yeah, spiritual power. Good. Comment. All right. Um, verse 6 said, For to be carnally minded is death. Look what verse 7 says. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. An enemy to God. Well, of course. It. it worldliness and living for the flesh and loving the world and loving mammon as the scripture says basically the same thing is an enemy to God that should tell us something yes. working on ourselves that we have nothing and behold nothing 
that would create an enmity between us and the Lord. Okay? Go ahead. Well, it's really, uh, when you first do it now, uh, I know it says in there that repent of your sins, all old things pass away, all things become new. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It fits. It's hard for a person to tell somebody about that because they've got to experience for themselves. Mm -hmm. Because you can't tell somebody how <coughs> they just become new except through Jesus Christ. Right. But how much better can you try to lead somebody by that yeah. if you're full of the Holy Spirit and if you're not? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like a lost cause. If you don't even, you're not even living yourself the way you should be and you're not going to have a lot of effect on anybody else. Come on. Amen. Uh, but if you are living the scripture here, then your ability to reach others and lead others and and speak to other people's heart, the Holy Spirit through us, I mean, you know how it works, then we're much more capable and able to do that. That's another reason that we, we've got to be lined up here. Good good comments. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Get that one. They cannot please God if they're living in the flesh and doing fleshly things and living a life of the flesh. That's powerful. But you're not in the flesh. Amen. Who's he speaking to here? He speaks to those people that fit verse 1. Right? You're not in the flesh. But in the spirit. In the spirit. Goes back to what it said, in. You're in the spirit. Your, your life is of the Spirit. It's your totality. Now here we go. This is the one of the biggest Christian mistakes. Okay, I'll live the spiritual life, then I'll go live the worldly life. It, it will not. We've said that here tonight. That will not work. It's not go, you're not going to have the, first of all, the, the Holy Spirit, like you said, it's kind of like the drug deal. He's not going to mix himself with flesh. There has to be a separation. Before there could be a separation, there has to be a decision which again involves the mind. We gotta tell ourselves, I'm going for God and I'm walking out of this flesh and leaving it behind. Now, there's a lot of symbolism here when we're talking flesh and world and carnality and a lot of other terms. Try not to be confusing, but we need to understand basically what this means. We can't live a life of the flesh and please God and walk in the Spirit at the same time. But you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. Now listen to this. If. If. So be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Wow. Right there in the middle of everything. Oh, that little if. But it has a great deal of meaning. Read it again. But you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If it be the case, so be, if it be the case, that the spirit of God dwelleth in you. How do you know if the spirit of God's dwelling in you? Think before you answer. Amplify says that it directs the Holy Spirit. It directs and controls you. Give him control. If you're doing the things of the spirit, that's a pretty good identifier, isn't it? But otherwise, how do you determine if you might be more of a fleshly creature? You're going to be doing things of the flesh. Right? Which again, are many things. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. There's a little warnings thrown in here as we go. We're about through here. Just about on time. If you got a comment, let me know as we go along. Come on, because there's more scriptures here. Verse 10. And if Christ be in you, there's if again. You notice these ifs? If Christ be in you. It don't mean if you said he's in you. It says if he be in you. The body is dead because of sin. The old body, right? The old man, the old nature, the old flesh. We're going to see something here in a minute that clarifies that greater. 
But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Sure. Who is the Spirit? The Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, which is what? Righteous. The righteousness of God. The Spirit that we can walk in is of the righteousness of God. Righteousness is what? Closely related to holiness. Doing God, doing Christ, doing biblical, living the life of, of genuine Christianity. Be, being truly sanctified. And I know that word gets thrown around a lot. I said truly sanctified. Not pretending you're sanctified. Not acting like you're sanctified. Not telling somebody you're sanctified. Truly sanctified. That is a journey. Sanctification is a spiritual journey that we are responsible for. Ourselves. It's called cleaning ourselves up. Purifying ourselves. There's sometimes we can't do that. That's when we call on God. If something's too great, too enormous, got too big a hold on us, call on God, deliver me, Lord. But other, most of the other time, we are responsible for sanctifying ourselves. Again, separating ourselves from what? Fleshliness, worldliness, sinfulness, wickedness, those kind of things. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. What's that saying? Quicken. What's that mean? Biblically. Scripturally here. It means give life to. What kind of life? Spiritual life. What is life? Think about it. Break it down. What, what is, what's life? What, what is life? In the physical, what is it? Yeah. Well, let's apply that to spiritually. The same thing spiritually, but for the Lord instead of for the flesh. Right? Good. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. What in the world does mortify mean? Kill. How do you kill it? How do you kill the deeds of the flesh? You choke them to death. You poison the little devil. You stab them. You cut their head off. Whatever it takes. All right. I know that's graphic, but think about it. If that thing's meddling with you and keeping you from the relationship with you or the, with the Lord that you need to have, and especially keeping you from an eternal heaven, who'd worry about stomping the little critter's head off? Right. Those deeds, you, this is something you got to take consciously. you got to identify because we've all got to deal with them. Think about what, what we do. Think about how we're acting. Think about, just use this mind here and let it spiritually operate in the manner that God created it to do to be able to identify with things that are harmful to us, fleshly things and be more so concentrated on spiritual things. I mentioned this recently, not long ago. One of the great ways to do this is meditation. Meditate on things of the Spirit. Meditate on things above. Meditate on the Word. When you're meditating on the spiritual things, you're not meditating on or being caught up in fleshly things. Amen. Because you, time is taken from the flesh and given to the Spirit. Energy is taken from the flesh and given to the Spirit. Everything is taken from the flesh and given to the Spirit. And I know this is a process. It, it's an it's a ever-learning, ever-increasing process. It's not going to happen all at once. But we're giving scriptures here to apply and to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and direct us and enable us, equip us, He'll equip us too, right? Okay. One more scripture. For as verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen. And daughters. 
We don't leave the ladies out. Any other comments? We're up about that time. That's a great thing, being a son of God. Isn't it? Man. Yeah. And daughter, that man. That's good. I'm glad you said that. What's that incorporate? What's being a, a child, a son or a daughter of God? What's that incorporate? Inheritance. Inheritance? Promises? Eternal life? Strength? Knowledge, wisdom, understanding? Resources of heaven? Grafted into the main vine, right? Place prepared in heaven for us ahead of time? Wow. Let us be about it, huh? Amen. Good, good comments tonight. Amen. Appreciate it. Anybody else before we close? I have my Wednesdays. Yes, sir. Go ahead. The Proverbs of Dode. Yes, Proverbs of Dode. You know, when you when you when you're changing your program in life, you know, you're giving up all these worldly goods and all the bad goods and stuff, mm-hmm. and you're trying to do right. Mm-hmm. This kind of came to me. I don't know how. Just your thoughts from way back past gesture. But always remember, the old saying goes, shoot low, Luke, you ride the shoving. You can see everything up here and get rid of it, but if you don't look deep enough to get down there, you'll see all that other stuff that can slide by and grab Yeah, don't overlook anything. Yeah, so That's good. Shoot low, Luke, you ride the shoving. That's good. Remember that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. Very good. All right. Let's rise and we'll dismiss. Thank you all for the comments. Good. We teach each other how to do this. All right. Brother Rick, would you dismiss us? Yes. Father, we just thank you for being here with us tonight. We thank you for all your word that you bring to us. As the pastor explained. Lord, we just thank you for the power that you give us when you come into our lives. Thank you for the wisdom and knowledge that we can use on a daily basis. I just thank you for everybody that's here tonight. Watch over everyone on their way home. Keep us safe in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother.